What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today we have a very special episode. Of course, if you're watching live, you can tell right now we're in the studio, everybody. The full Kind of Funny family and all of the X-Cast crew are live right now for your next episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. I have Barrett Courtney, our producer and director. I got Gary Witta. But Gary, you're just one of my gaming dads. What's what am I missing here? I was going to say, as much of a, a of a thrill as it is to be here in the studio with you for the first time. The first time, don't forget, this show was born during the pandemic. That's true. So it's our first ever in studio, in studio show episode. together. It still somehow feels like a piece of the family is missing. I don't like it. How do we make that happen? How do we make that right? I, it just happened. <laughs> it just happened. I'm here, live I'm and direct. Here. This is so awesome. It is so awesome to see you all there in the studio, and I get to beam in like the man in the mirror and be a part of the show. This is <laughs> this is awesome. So happy to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you, Paris. And you know you are one of my gaming dads. You are the host of the Kind of Funny X cast alongside myself and Gary. And it wouldn't be complete with all of us here today. We got a brand new set, brand new design, brand spanking new look. And of course, I had to bring out the entire X cast family. So we have Barrett joining us here because we're going to talk some Gotham Knights in just a little bit. Our hands-on impressions when this should be dropping. You'll have the embargo now lifted. Yeah, you, so said, you'll be you said we were doing the show it. if you're watching live. No one's watching live I right know, now. We're pre-recording this because of, of the embargo. Also, I'm just going to say, it feels weird to like be on the X-Cast yes. right now for the first episode. It's a good look I, for you, but you look like you belong there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I, I do consider myself to be left guy. Mm. Uh, you know, I know there's some <laughs> debates on like middle guy and uh, right guy and stuff like that, but being left guy feels right. Good. Well, it does feel right to have all of us here on the table and, of course, Paris zooming in virtually. And so, of course, we got to talk about that. The kind of funny spare bedroom studio has now been revealed. It is out in the open. We are here live inside the studio. And, of course, both of my gaming dads were there for the big reveal stream. The marathon stream happened. You can catch that over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games anytime if you want to see some of the shenanigans that went on and some of the fun intros. But, Paris, I'll start with you. What was your impressions of the brand new studio? I mean, I thought it was just amazing. First and foremost, it was amazing to just see everyone. Like Gary Barrett, it was the first time we ever got to meet, right? You know, in yeah. person, which was was awesome. And just everyone else uh, from from the kind of funny family, like like it was like Cool Greg. I wasn't one hundred percent sure, and I had to ask, like, "Oh, is that Cool Greg?" And they're like, "Yes." I was like, "Okay, good." <laughs> but it was it was so awesome to just see everyone, and then obviously other people that were local, uh, you know, from the industry came in, you know, for the twenty four hour stream, and just be able to hang out with everyone, and just all the shenanigans that happened uh, during that day was was very special. But the spare bedroom itself, as people may have seen just through the tour, it's it's incredible. It's incredible what everyone has been able to accomplish by creating this space and the fact that all of you are there now in the studio. And 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 I think my favorite thing about it is the lab. I absolutely love the lab. It's just awesome. everything you need from a content creation and streaming standpoint is at your fingertips. And uh I'm, I'm just I'm just happy and proud for everybody uh, for, for what they accomplished. If I wasn't concerned, like I would just let Andy live in the lab because I know this is what he wants to do. But <laughs> I, he's got to go home and like eat at some point. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, the lab is truly like I don't know how we I still don't understand how we pulled that off in that space. But we did it somehow. It's pretty wicked. And of course, check out the marathon stream or check out our latest kind of funny afternoon streams to see the lab live and in action. But of course, Gary, Wood, I got to give props to you and Paris because both of you stay up late i mean you were with the late night crew on that marathon stream and i gotta i gotta say i appreciate you gary for hanging out so late yeah was, I, I think almost 10 p.m which for me is very is extremely late <laughs> extremely, extremely late, late as, as, a, as a father of a one-year-old 10 p.m is very very late for me but i was I, I was glad to to stick around for pretty much the whole day i think i was here for like a good 12 hours i was yeah. here like before the stream started and i was and i was here until like i said around 10 o'clock at night so i did like yeah, like 12, 14 hours I think I was here. But it just went by like that. It was so Flash fast. Yeah. And it, there's so many highlights. Like, as, as Paris already touched upon, the chance to, to kind of have the whole crew together in person for the first time. So many relationships, both professional and personal, were kind of started during the pandemic. It's all been virtual. It's all been over Zoom and Discord. That, Like, when, you, like when I f finally met Paris, it was kind of one of like, 
Oh, he's real. Like real. that's a real person because you only, you only, yeah, you only think of them in these like these 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 kind of discord disembodies heads. And uh, it was a real thrill to see everyone in person after such a long time, and again sometimes for the first time. And again, what a thrill to see this studio. I'm old enough to remember the original spare bedroom. We were all cramped in like this kind of crappy little IKEA furniture, and then of course the place above the comic book store, which felt like a step up. But I mean, this is the step up. This yeah. you guys have like graduated big time. <laughs> Smoke Thanks. machine. I feel like that should just be going the whole time, yeah. constantly. No, it feels too much. It's too loud. The audio <laughs> listeners would hate it. I love it, though. Um, I'll say what I said during the, um, the, the marathon, the reveal stream, is you guys have come so, so far from those humble beginnings, and yet it still feels like only the beginning. You guys have got a long yeah. way to go. As you get used to using this set and figuring out all the amazing things you're going to be able to do with this crazy technology, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like, the, the, I tell you, the number one thing that I heard from other people during the uh, spare bedroom launch event was, I'm so happy for these guys. There was so much goodwill out there for you guys. You guys are the real ones, and you've built yourself up from these humble beginnings to where you are now. No one deserves it more. Couldn't be happier for kind of funny. Thank you so much, Gary. But you also get to be, you're saying this like, you know, it's us going on our journey, but you and Paris, y'all are going to be here Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly happy just because I get dragged along with you. Your, your, <laughs> your glory is my glory. I, I, going back to what Paris said about, like, uh, figuring out who was cool, Greg, I really wish that we had convinced both Paris and Janet Dea that, like, we had made cool Greg up mm. and he wasn't yes, real, not a real for, like, yeah. the longest time. <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh, man. But, guys, it was a great celebration all weekend long. We're now live and in the studio, our first ever X-Cast in person. Of course, this is going to be a ton of fun. Episode 112. So, of course, talk about those humble beginnings. Shout out to Alana Pierce. Is it 112? Way back yeah. in the day. 112. And today, we're talking all things Gotham Knights. And, of course, some really other fun games and news that you need to know about. So, let's jump right into it, guys. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And, of course, on your favorite podcast service around the globe. Don't forget, <laughs> right now, we are recording... On a Wednesday, that will be our new recording days for all you Patreon best friends out there that like to watch the show recorded live. Or if you're just catching up, Thursday will now be the new post for all of you people out there watching on YouTube or your favorite podcast services. Don't forget, we're now in the spare bedroom, which means you get a ton of awesome content to go check out. If you'd like to go over to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can see the big spare bedroom reveal with, of course, Hideo Kojima kicking off the big live stream and so much more. So please check that out. And it wouldn't be possible without your support. So thank you all so much for your support, whether it be on Twitch, on YouTube, and over on Patreon. It wouldn't be possible with you. If you don't have any spare bucks to give, don't worry about it. If you're buying games off the Epic Games Store, if you're upgrading your look in Rocket League, Fortnite, or beyond on that Epic Games Store, you can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, anytime at checkout. Help support the team totally for free, and you can help us out with that. And talking about support, we want to give a big shout out to our Patreon producers for the month of October. ID Raven, Fargo Brady on YouTube, Delaney Twining, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. Thank you all so much for your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Shopify and Raycon, but we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump into the show, and it's all things Batman, Gotham Knights, because the Bat family is together, just like the X-Cast family is together. And I thought, you know what? We should bring in Kind of Funny's number one Batman super fan, the resident, who knows all things Batman and Bat family, Barrett Courtney. Right now, if you want to get ready for Gotham Knights and you want to feel the hype of all things Batman Arkham, you can go check out right now, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Batman uh, a Batman Arkham series retrospective. That's all things Bear Courtney talking about Batman in the games. So that's pretty special. Uh, I see you wearing. Did, you, did, you throw, did I throw you off? You're wearing the Court of Owls mask <laughs> live and in person. Barrett, I'm going to kick it to you so I can save my breath. Let's talk about Gotham Knights. Of course, set us up. What do people need to know about if they've been living under a rock? And then let's talk about our impressions thus far. Beware the Court of Owls. That watches I all the time. It doesn't sound great. Does it doesn't sound <laughs> great. <laughs> no, no. Maybe stick. What if I do it here? What if I do it here? Okay, nice. okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Beware the court of owls. Listen, I did an entire episode of the X-Cast in a Master Chief helmet. You did. You did do <laughs> that. Ruling Gotham from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. My computer turned off. They watch you in your bed. We need all of it. Speak not a whispered word of them, or they'll send the talon. For your head, Mikey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the kind of... I was Barrett all along. 
Uh, Gotham he fooled, Knights. He fooled me. He pranked me. He got yeah, me. I got you, Gary. Uh, the first game from WB Montreal in nine years. Almost a decade since we've uh, last seen this developer. They were developers behind uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which was kind of the uh, in-between between City and Night when we had to wait for from Rock City to get a new game. This is their brand new game. It's uh, a new universe separated from uh, the Batman Arkham universe. And it's kind of on the premise of Batman is dead, and you are playing as the, the Bat family who he has uh, trained along the years, coming together to uh, protect Gotham in the absence of... <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, you have mainly uh, single-player stuff. You can choose which uh, which uh, Gotham Knight you want to play as between Batgirl, uh, Red Hood, Nightwing, and Robin. You can also team up. There's a uh, co-op uh, gameplay, uh, just two players, where you can team up and go into uh, one player's instance, help them out with uh, open-world stuff, things uh, of that nature. Taking more of an RPG approach this time uh, rather than uh, Batman Arkham, which was a little more like uh, at first uh, like linear story based, not a lot of like uh, uh, skill trees and stuff like that. Pretty basic stuff. So, yeah, this is a kind of a, a new take on the Batman universe. Uh, of course, I've been talking about this game for years because I've wanted a Court of Owls game for the longest time. I'm a big fan of the new 52 Batman run. Um, and yeah, I've been excited about this and uh, to talk about it. But, Mike. This butt. Yeah, give me the give me the butt. Let's talk about your feelings and impressions now. It's been nine years since this dev has released a game, and at the end, like after nine years, after playing this game for twelve hours, I'm like, this this is what we got after waiting nine years, huh? Wasn't worth after the wait. Seven years after Arkham Knight with Rock City, right? I know they're different studios, but you know, um, it. I think it's just okay. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of love in very specific areas. I love the the story and the the lore that they're building here. There's like little gems here and there where after playing a couple hours and I get kind of bored and fatigued, I'm like, maybe I should just put this down. But then, hey, I get a cutscene that's like, oh, there's like a really cool personal moment here that's happening between two characters. Uh, I think overall, like it's it just gets weighted down by a lot of weird decisions that feel almost like Ubisoft style, like open world mm -hmm. decisions when it comes to uh, like menu stuff and uh, leveling up uh, or like uh, gear and stuff like that. And a lot of it comes down to, I think what Arkham Origins had problem with it's way too big of a map. The stuff feels bloated uh, in ways of quest lines. And then just the world is just not interesting to kind of roam around in outside of doing a main quest line or doing a, a, a major side quest line like taking down Harley or Mr. Freeze or something like that. So uh, it's there's a lot of head scratchers there, um, but there's uh, I, I can tell that there's heart in it. Um, and yeah, I, we'll, we'll go through it uh, like uh, kind of breakdown by breakdown of what we feel about specifics, but those are kind of top level thoughts uh, right off the dome there. Yeah, that's really well said, Barrett. I, I'm actually really impressed with your top level thoughts. I'm 10 hours in right now, and I'm just a little bit above you. Okay. I would say I'm having a good time. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm getting lost in this story. I, I think I was apprehensive at first when we talked about the changes, like you said, right, of now going to a co-op style Batman game without Batman, of course, right? And being in the Bat family, I am a Robin stan. I love Robin, but I like <laughs> Damian Wayne. I don't like any of the other Robins. I would have preferred so, Damian, I'm going to be exactly. honest. Exactly. And so Same. I was on the fence already when I saw this lineup, but playing it right now, I'm actually having a blast. I forgot how much I missed that Batman universe, right? Yeah. Getting caught up in the characters and the lore. And as you brought up with the Court of Owls, right? This is one of those mystery villains to me, right? Mm. As someone who doesn't read much of the comics, is just kind of a Batman moviegoer and video game guy, right? The Court of Owls has always been that like question mark of what is that? How right. do they make a fun story out of that? And I think right off the jump, right, the opening cinematic cutscene had me on the edge of my let's seat. Not, let's like, not say too much yeah, about I'm it. Yeah, I'm not going to say yeah, anything yeah. about it, but I'm going to say, man, oh, man, it's so good, right? Yeah. And from that point, I was in. And so I've been having a ton of fun with the world that they're creating, the story, right? But then, like you said, I do agree with you on the open world. I think it is kind of lackluster. You open up the map and you pull it back and you go, oh, my God. This might be too big, is right, Barrett. And yeah. so that was my worry when I saw it. And then when you're roaming around in it, it's very quiet. 
Yeah. It's not lived in like myself, Gary, and Paris have spoke about before of what makes a good lived in world. What makes you say, oh, wow, I want to stay in this world. Yeah. This world felt empty to me, right? So it was, hey, I'm going to go from point A to point B, and I'm going to just get this turn and burn done. And that's the internet. Like when you go back to the old Arkham games, like City, when you go back to City now, it feels so small. But it's really dense with all of the things that you can find, not even in quest lines, but just like, oh, this building is a reference to yeah. uh, something that's happening here or uh, and just little things like that. And even Arkham Knight, which was the biggest of the Arkham games, like it, it felt jam-packed. And I think with WB Montreal, they just have like a, a, a problem with like, f they, they aim too big, but don't have enough stuff to actually fill in the yeah. amount that they're going for, mm -hmm. which was the, again, the same problem I had with Arkham Origins way back when. Um, yeah, I, I think, the other kind of uh, we're just talking about open world, and then I want to toss it to to Paris because I know he's played a little bit. Is that the major side quests feel like few and far between? Like I'm 12 hours in, and like the only outside of the main quest, which I don't want to like give anything away. Like all I've really ran into is like Harley and Mr. Freeze, which mm. is like really weird, and it's it's just it's a different pace to. Arkham Knight, where you're yes. getting introduced to like so many side missions in like just the first couple hours, and you're like, oh my god, that's going to build up to this villain and this villain and stuff like that. And so there's just like weird little decisions that uh, I don't know. It just again makes me scratch my head. Yeah. Paris, I want to know uh, from from your perspective, how are you feeling overall so far with Gotham Knights? So just for heads up, I only have about three hours in the because I played on PC and the PC review codes were delayed compared to the console code. So right. I, I, I haven't had as much time. 60 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Um, that's a discussion for another day. But I, I want to say this. I've not played it enough to have a full opinion about it. So what I'm about to say, I reserve the right to change my mind okay, down I like the road. That. I do not like this game. I, I don't like it to the point where I don't want to continue to play it because I'm such a huge fan of Arkham City, of Arkham Knight. I even really enjoyed Origins as an example, and this feels like a step back to me. Um, I'm not a fan of like just the actual gameplay itself, the actual fighting. To me, it, it, it feels sluggish, and I, and I think part of this is I've on and off since 2020 been playing Arkham Arkham uh, Arkham Knight on the uh, Series X, right? This Arkham Knight feels like a just feels like a superior game to me. Kind of to your point, Barrett. Just Gotham City feels more dense and alive compared to this. Um, I've been primarily playing as Batgirl. I'm just getting on the cycle and going from point A to point B. Yes. I really yeah. don't care about anything else that's happening. And in speaking, between. Go, go speaking to that, uh, like uh, I, I do kind of like uh, riding on the the, the bat bike uh, compared to the the bat tank in Arkham Knight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun, yeah, I give it that. But also at the same time, uh, and this is again another Arkham Origins problem that I had of like traversing in Arkham Origins just like wasn't engaging. Same with this game, and like the second I opened up fast travel in Arkham Origins, I would always fast travel. Yeah. Same with this game, I would like the mm -hmm. second I was able to open up fast travel points for each area like mm -hmm. i don't glide around like i'm i'm playing as batgirl so eventually uh janet talked about it in her preview of eventually you can unlock a glide which like in my head that should just be what all of them have yeah. from the beginning and it's weird that you're unlocking that as an ability but eventually when i unlock that it's just like and zip lining around it's like I, I like i'm just not getting any joy out of exploring i'd rather just fast travel so i can just quickly get to the next main quest line or mm -hmm. side quest line and stuff yeah. like that yeah and even building off of that the bat bike doesn't feel as engaging as I want it to, right? It's yeah. not as fast, it's not as sleek. It almost reminds me of when we played the recent Saints Row, and I spoke about how that just driving felt clunky mm -hmm. and almost like you were driving a tank. The bat bike feels the same way. It's not fast enough. It's not moving the way I want it to, and it just mm -hmm. kind of becomes a boring, like, slow-paced ride. But, Paris, back to you. What else are you feeling on that one? Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm still very early on, but I, I also wonder from a difficulty standpoint, I just, I believe medium is the default, right? That was like yeah. the standard difficulty. I just left it at that. I almost feel like I need to bump it up. It, it feels too easy to me. I feel like I'm not being challenged in any of these fights that I'm doing so far. And maybe that'll change as I progress along. I, I want to be clear, I'm very early in the game. So the, these are just my early thoughts 
as I'm playing through it, but I can't help but feel a sense of disappointment because I remember that initial reveal when we saw Gotham Knights and I was very excited for this. I thought, wow, this is this is going to be awesome. The co-op quarter vowels, what we're going to be able to do and then what they delivered. Like I said, it just feels it doesn't it, it feels like did this need another year or two in the oven? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if this is necessarily the the Arkham successor that I was looking forward to. It just doesn't feel like it. I would still rather go back and play the, you know, the Arkham Knight or Arkham City games. I might later on uh, down the line on a certain piece of content talk about the philosophy of if this is a, an Arkham successor and whether it needed to be. Right. Um, but it, yeah, I, I feel a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the excitement when it was first revealed to me, Paris, was like the we're finally getting Court of Owls adapted in a very big way. And yeah. I absolutely love that. And I and even when I was talking about like liking little story and lore chunks, like even though like I am a comic fan, you were talking about like experiencing this for the first time and it's a bit of a mystery to you, knowing it like what the original story was and like the kind of new 52 universe, I like how they're again, being as uh, uh, protective of spoilers as I can, like, you know, obviously they're adjusting some things because in the original Court of Owls, I think Batman is alive. Uh, and so I, I like how they're fitting it into this new universe, and there's uh, cool things here and there that I'm like, oh, like, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it felt like big picture stuff uh, when it comes to, to Court of Owls and other elements. It felt like the overall story and plot was like brought together by f super fans of the new 52, which like really speaks to me. And that's why I continued to play it. Like I, I, I felt that last night, Paris, where I, I played for an hour and I was like, I think I just want to turn this off. I, like, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I want to keep playing. Like I'm 13 out, 12, 13 hours in at this point. But at the same time, I'm like, because I'm such a huge Batman dork, I'm like interested in the, in the mm -hmm. story stuff, but just not engaged in the gameplay, unfortunately. Yeah. The story. One more. Yeah. Go Paris. One, one more thing I wanted to throw in there. H how are you feeling about the dialogue? I, I feel somewhat underwhelmed by that as well. Stiff at some yes. point. So, like, it's funny, Greggy, when we did Kind of Funny Games cast yesterday, brought up Dead Space, and, like, we talked about, is this a 2023 game? And he talked about some of the emotions and reactions of Isaac right. in that kind of setting, right, during our preview. And the same happened here, where I wanted, I giggled a little bit of, like, man, the dialogue is still stiff. There, yeah animations of NPCs or the characters is still robotic and yeah. like, oh, I'm just And, and that's why here, I brought up like know? the Ubisoft comparison because there's yeah. so many of those little intricacies when it comes to, to that, like, uh, or I'll just keep it on dialogue for now where it's like, it's not even, I was having that back and forth. It was like, is it just like bland writing? I think it might be more of the performances though mm -hmm. that like just don't sell it because I think there could be performances that like make the, uh, you know, make the words come off the script in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have been feeling that, Paris. But then there's also gems where, again, I got to, a, like, I was about to turn off the game last night, like, uh, only playing for an hour, and then I got to a, a really emotional cutscene that was well-acted and well-written, yeah. stuff like that, and it's all over right. the place where it's like, the, there's so many highs and lows with this game. It's, it, it's, it's hard to focus it's just one thing. it's a wild one and the cool one is focusing on that bat family like some of the scenes like you brought up right it's like some of them really work and it's mm -hmm. like oh man seeing this bat family come together yeah. is very cool they're playing with each other there's a couple cool dialogue moments and then the next scene it's like oh that yeah. doesn't feel good at all like what happened there so it is interesting but the combat to me paris feels like a batman game right like i am lost in that combat i like having the stealth still there where i'm working around the map i'm trying to get the stealth takedowns and what i'm really looking forward to of course during this review period i can't play with any of my friends right because they don't have a game code they're right. not working at all so of course now i tried I to hit up greg last night and he was like nah i'm too yeah. cool for you i'm playing cool games and so when i'm playing <laughs> this i'm excited about the idea of playing with one of my friends right like that was what i was sold on is these ideas of Here's these single-player games that you know and love, and I know I'm going to use Fallout 76, and a lot of people will go wild in the comments, right? But, like, the idea of here's a universe that was mainly single-player that you know and love. We're going to try to test the waters and see what it would be like multiplayer. Mm -hmm. This is that universe that I do want to try out, co-op and multiplayer, and yeah. I am excited. After what I've played of my experience, I can't wait for one of my friends to get a hold of this and us run through the city together because I really liked that experience. Yeah, I think for for me, I haven't touched uh, multiplayer at all, and I, I was kind of the lead reviewer on this. Uh, check out the TikTok. I gave it an okay score uh, on the kind of funny scale. But honestly, uh, with all of the other design elements, I don't know if multiplayer would 
really change that score whatsoever. I do agree with you though of like just like the spectacle of like being a Batman related character and, and like being in Gotham City with each other. I mm -hmm. think is cool. Um, but uh, but. I think it would be cool for a night, and then I'd probably just go back to, you know, playing by myself as Batgirl and yep. stuff like that. Or if a friend's calling, uh, hitting me up, like, hey, I, I want help on this thing, I can jump in for a little bit. But I, I, I doubt it's going to be, like, a, once I get in there, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, my worldview has changed on this yeah, game yeah. kind of thing. I, I want to take it to some, some miscellaneous uh, notes yeah. I have here of uh, talking about gameplay. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's not Arkham. You know, it's not that rhythm combat that we know and love. And I think it was Tam and Lucy when they previewed it for either Giant Bomb or GameSpot. Uh, they were talking about, like, once you get out of that, like, you do start to feel the flow a little bit. And I think Batgirl is the most, like, well-balanced between mm -hmm. stealth and combat and stuff like that. And once I got out of the Arkham headspace with combat specifically, I was like, all right, I'm actually, I'm really enjoying this. You know, I'm not dodging all the time, which is what I'm used to with Arkham and stuff like that, and, like, flipping over people. Um, I, got, I got to play a little bit more like a almost an Assassin's, modern Assassin's Creed RPG, which I am into. Um, the, the difficulty, Paris, definitely the first few hours, it's like, nothing it's like you're fighting nothing a, a lot of like non-reactions they do amp up the uh the kind of uh, okay. enemy uh, varieties and stuff like that that does make it a challenge um to a like it feels good to a certain extent but then you know there's weird design choices like in the uh, when they first revealed gameplay uh, of the Mr. Freeze mission, right? Um, you've got the like uh, kind of boss fight with him that looks kind of like a raid boss, and they showed that off a little bit. Uh, I got to that recently, and I was like, not when when that was showed off, everyone was like, oh, this looks like a raid boss. Like, what's going on here? And it was I I actually had a lot of fun with it, like kind of learning the patterns of him and all that stuff. And I do imagine if like I did that with a friend, that would have been like a really hype moment yeah. of us like slowly taking down a telfar. Um, and I really enjoyed that boss. The only other boss that I've done 12 hours into this game was like like a, a, a mini boss for uh, the Harley quest line um, that had like two like boss health bars uh, and I won't go too much into that but the way that d was designed it's like you're fighting two bosses technically at the same time with a bunch of ads and then you're also having to turn off um, like bombs and stuff and you have to like kind of go back and forth and there's just like some clunky design uh, design choices every once in a while and it just Again, I, a lot of little decisions that kind of pile up and pile yeah. up where you're just like, whoa. I want to talk about those little decisions really yeah. quick before we start to move away from Gotham Knights is, of course, we talk about these RPG elements. We know the skill tree, right? And that's not new or different, but we do now go into a gear system and a crafting system, which is a very interesting decision to me in this style of game where yep. you look back on all the Batman games, that was no idea, and I can't believe we did that no, it was now. Just, it, it was, I don't it like was that at all. And, yeah, and yeah, so like, here's this game of like, do I have to craft? Do I really want to craft? I completely skipped that. Every now and then well, I would craft a new item Put it on and just skip have it. Have you completely? not crafted a new suit or anything? Oh, I have. I okay, have. But okay, like, okay. No, I'm like putting that on the back burner because to don't essentially explain do that. it is like you kind of have to like craft uh, new stuff throughout your playthrough because you're gonna unlock uh, the ability to craft a, a, a suit that has like a power level. It's like essentially almost like Destiny yeah, in a weird way. I don't way. want that. And yeah. uh, you kind of have to pay attention of like, oh, am I outputting the right like? Is my batarang like at a good enough level to, and stuff like that? Where I realized after playing a mission that I was kind of banging my head against the the wall with i was like oh it's because i'm using a level five batarang which is like i think it's dumb i think um at least for weapons and stuff i think it's super unnecessary i can kind of understand it with like building your gotham knight armor and mm -hmm. stuff like that but i wish how it was designed because this one reminds me a lot of uh, greg and i have had this back and forth a lot assassin's creed odyssey where there's so much gear and you're like just making whatever comes in and it doesn't feel like i'm investing into anything too long and that I, I think that sucks because nothing feels important at that point whereas yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla you could start off with like one gear set early on and focus on that and you're upgrading that thing yes. and you play with that for the rest of the game and I wish that's how they did it mm -hmm. of like this is the look I want for the rest of the game if I get something better 10 hours in like yeah I'll, I'll change over to that but like I feel like every 45 yeah. minutes I'm like changing to something new because I have to mm -hmm. at a certain point and that final one is changing characters 
right? I played my time exclusively as Robin because, of course, I am a Robin stan. But when yes. I wanted to go to Batgirl, it felt like I was being punished because I almost had to restart, essentially, right? Like, Basically. there's some small mm -hmm. pieces here where you have to redo very basic training modules, right? And you're oh like, why am I doing that? It is seven hours in, and all I want to do is be a different character. I yeah. didn't like that. Yeah, uh, Greg and I have been going back and forth on this of, like, even if you want to go change the gear of someone else's character, you have to, like go to the Belfry, actually like walk up to this suit, change as the character you want to play as, and then be able to customize all their stuff. It's like, it should all just be available in one menu so that when I do change into Red Hood and I equipped his stuff like two hours ago in a different menu, that's all ready to go. I don't want to have to do it for all four characters and stuff like that. And the way that the, if you're worried about like, oh, if I'm only playing as Batgirl, but eventually I want to try out Robin, is Robin going to be super underleveled? That's not really the case because AP points that, help you unlock stuff in the skill tree will kind of accumulate for the rest of your characters and throughout the game periodically um they'll give the other knights who you haven't pl been playing as like a basic set of armor i think it's like maybe after story missions where they give every character like hey you're at least this level kind of stuff for power level um but yeah if you go back to you know i've been playing i'm the opposite of you i've been playing as batgirl and then i switched over to robin for a couple missions and i had very basic stuff so i wasn't doing the same kind of damage I yep. was as Batgirl. I was surviving, but I wasn't thriving yep. as, as the other character. So that's like a weird balance thing. So I, I don't know. It's in interesting of why they did it that way. I, yeah, I don't know. Gary Wood, I want to bring you off the bench because we've gotten lost in the sauce of Gotham Knights. And you brought up beforehand the 30 frames a second, right? This was a big conversation before this game is set to release this week. Last week it came out hey, this game is going to be hitting 30 frames a second on console, and this is a next-gen-only game or a current-gen, whatever you want to call these new consoles. What are your thoughts on that? And, of course, when you hear all these impressions, are you sold on this game? Do you want to jump into this game? Well, so yeah, certainly, first of all, I want to thank the three of you for, I think, potentially saving me a lot of time because I, <laughs> I am the only one out of the four of us who hasn't played it yet, um, but I, I got a code along with everyone else. I installed it. I've been kind of mixed on it all through the preview period. Like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm getting, not getting the best vibe off of it. Right. And certainly after having you know, heard your uh, uh, impressions of it, I feel, I feel like I can probably save myself anywhere between like three and ten hours of just coming to the same conclusion you guys oh, yeah. already have. The biggest, a couple of things. The biggest thing for me is these days, I, every game that I choose to play, I look at through the lens of like opportunity cost, right? Like in any game, anytime I'm playing a game, there's 10 other games that I'm not playing with that yeah. time, right? Yeah. And I'm a dad, I'm busy at work, you know, there's, I, I, there's, there's too many games, right? We've had, and especially this time of year, all the, all the big bangers are coming out. Plus, you know, we're all dealing with our backlogs. When I finally get a chance to sit down and go, right, it's, it's me time, it's Gary time, I'm gonna play a video game. Why choose this over any other number of games that are vying for my limited yeah. time and attention? And you, if, if your job was to sell me on this, like you've not done a we great failed. job, right? We, yeah, we, we failed. I mean, I, for all the reasons that, yeah, this, this sounds, these all sound like valid criticisms to me. And particularly because I loved the Insomniac Spider-Man games mm -hmm. so much. The first one, and particularly Miles Morales. Yeah. The, <laughs> and this is obviously a very, very, very similar style, right? Yeah. A traverse right. an open world. You know, even uh, more so than the Arkham games, superhero say, city, yeah, because yeah, it's informed now by the yeah. the Spider-Man games did so well. You know, do do core missions, you know, do critical path missions, go off and do side quests as they emerge, get involved in 360 degree one against many combat. Like mm -hmm. it's the Spider-Man formula. I think what has now started to coalesce into like the broader superhero game formula, right? A lot, right. A lot, the whole superhero subgenre now is of this type. And that's fine, but if you're going to come to that genre, you better come correct. Yeah. And you better respect the player's time. The, exactly, yeah. and the Spider-Man games have set the bar so high, that, like, why would I want to play a game that's like the Spider-Man games, but not as good? Yeah. Like, and I feel I, like and I would I just rather play something else. I'm 12 hours in, I'll just be frank, like, I think I'm only, like, a little bit halfway, like, through the story, so it's like, also, like, on top of that, a much longer game that I would say, like, either the Spider-Man games or any of the Arkham games at that point, you know? And on, the, and on the 30 frames a second issue that we were talking about prior to the show, I gen genuinely was kind of stunned when I, when I saw this news um, on Twitter earlier in like the week. week. I think it, wasn't it, like, it was, like, the day before the studio launch happened or something? Yeah, yes. like last week. Yeah. yeah. When, so I, I, this is something I've been kind of a little bit disappointed about across the board with the current gen, with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, because I don't think anyone's necessarily expecting tip-top ones out of the S, so let's just talk about the Series X, is that at the end of the last generation, we started to see creeping in those options, right, for 
uh, you know, the, we saw the compromise right between the menu. Do you want performance mode or fidelity mode? Every game calls it something right. different, but you've got to make a trade-off. And I feel like every game that I play now, I'm spending the first 20 minutes Shining. shuttling between the two modes, trying to figure <laughs> yes. out which one I like better. And it's not always obvious, mm. right? It's not always clear. Sometimes it is. I know that I generally tend to prefer performance mode, 60 frames a you second, that rate, especially baby. in a game that relies on like fast fluid movement, like this kind of game where you're swinging yeah. around the city and, and fighting like five guys at once and doing gymnastic type combat, mm. that frame rate's critical. It's, it's interesting, uh, 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 I know others in the, in the studio, I don't want to uh, say any names, but others in the studio dropped off because the, it was really the frame rate mm. that bothered them. And I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, like we're also like, it's been a couple of weeks since I've played a game because, you know, we're doing all of this and stuff like that. So when I, when I opened it up on my, uh, I'll be frank here, my PS5, I'm sorry, um, and it was 30 frames, I was like, ah, it's not, it's, like, I personally don't feel bad about it, but I also played the Arkham games all the time where on mm-hmm. consoles and stuff, those were also 30 frames per second. So maybe I just, in my brain, I had that set expectation. But I will say the frame, the frame drops on, uh, on console, for sure, I notice 100%, and it's often, <laughs> it's a lot. I notice so, other bugs as well. So the game has crashed, his, uh, grash, uh, crashed on me several times as well. So yeah, go Paris. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a little, little, little weird. We get our timing on on me jumping in remote, but um, to go way back to what Gary was originally saying, with Spider Man, it it has set a bar, and I think that's also is what is setting up my my disappointment right now with the Gotham Knights is I have an expectation now after Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting close to that level, yeah, it, it does feel like kind of a letdown. Um, but to go to this 30 frames per second thing, so I played on PC. Um, you know, people know I, I have the RTX 4090. And even with that, I mean, trying to play at 4K with DLS and DLSS enabled, um, I'm barely holding 60. Um, it's fluctuating maybe into the 70s, dipping into the 50s. Um, and to see what it is on, on these next-gen consoles, you can't help but be disappointed yeah. by that. We're, we're at a point now in this generation where, like Gary said, we saw it at the end of last gen, where's the at least the performance mode in there? Give me the compromise so that I don't care if it's 1080p, it still let me play at 60 frames per second. And to what Barrett is saying, it's like, I don't want to play at 30 frames per second anymore. And I get there's artistic choices and compromises. I know various devs have been on Twitter the past few days kind of explaining some of this stuff. And I do not pretend to be a dev. I am not smart enough to do any of this stuff. So, you know, I I get I could be talking out of my ass right now, but I would hope that we're now with these powerful machines that we can have 60 frames per second with all these experiences. And I guess from the explanation that Warner Brothers Montreal gave was, is this is untethered co-op, which is why they've capped everything at 30. I'll take them for their word for for saying that, but I'll give the example, look at what Halo Infinite is doing with with their co-op. It's tethered. And I think that's what allowing them to keep their frame rate, obviously, I would rather see that in Gotham Knights than to have an under the co-op. Because again, if you're working together, why am I on the other side of Gotham when you know when we should be working together anyways, right? So I don't think too many people would be complaining if they had a tethered co-op in Gotham Knights either. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping this won't be the end of this. I'm hoping that eventually there'll be some type of patch and we will see some kind of performance mode on console. If I had to guess, and again, I'm not smart enough to do any of this, so excuse my ignorance, but this just seems like it's not optimized on PC or on console. I, I think it still needs some work. Uh, just, just, my just my final thought on the, on the frame rate thing, because the more I think about it, the more it's annoying me. Um, <laughs> when, when this new generation of consoles arrived, now more than a year ago, right? It's possible that I set my sights too high, but part of the reason why, why my sights were calibrated so high was all the hype and all the promotion was 4K gaming yeah. is yeah. finally here. It's yeah. finally arrived. The Sony PlayStation 5 has a fucking 8K logo on the box. What a load of bullshit that is. I mean, I'm sure technically there's some situation where it can, it can drive 8K content, but no one's making games in 8K. Who's, no. playing, who's doing anything you, on the PlayStation 5? We can barely do video in 8K, Absolute, you know? No, who's even got an 8K TV? Absolute nonsense. 1%. But even just on the 4K issue, I, when, when the game started to arrive, and I was like, oh, you can have 4K, but again, it's a compromise. You've got yep. a compromise frame rate. This whole like yeah. fidelity versus performance. I thought that was something that was kind of starting to show up at the end of the last gen, and mm. this new gen, no more compromises, 4K, 60 right. frames a second. That's turned out not to be the case. And again, I think hype has led us to have those unrealistic expectations. Now we've settled into like, we just accept these compromises exist, performance versus fidelity, try a little bit of both, see which one you like more. But at least games 
games are offering that trade-off. I may be wrong, but this is the first major title that I'm aware of that, that doesn't, doesn't even offer. offer that option. No, you're at 30k. You're, you're at 30 frames. Yeah. The co-op um, uh, excuse that that Paris just offered. I mean, I've seen plenty of games where the multiplayer specifications are different. Right? When you're in a multiplayer mode, right. the specifications shift because multiplayer parameters are different. I don't know why they couldn't. If you're playing in single player, why that 60 frames a second mode? I don't know. This feels like a, the, the the compromise between. Again, I was like, okay, it's got, if it's got to be a compromise, maybe like true 4K, 60 frames and above is going to be something for the next next year, for the next generation after this. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, for right now, we've we've all kind of like settled into that compromise. We've had lots of interesting conversations about performance versus fidelity. But the fact that this game isn't even offering that, 30 frames a second just feels ancient to me. It's, that feels like really last gen. And it's and, and frankly, in terms of when I'm sitting down to, if I'm thinking about factoring what are the pros and cons of playing this game, that's a big negative for me. Yeah, and I honestly think like when they, I forget when exactly they cut the last gen uh, versions of these because that mm -hmm. this was one of those cross-gen titles originally. I wonder <laughs> if they cut it because they were like, they saw Cyberpunk and they're like, we they can't did. do yeah. Cyberpunk yeah. and we just got to cut it and we're just going to have the basic version on the next-gen hardware and stuff like that. Um, again, to end my thoughts, to bring it all back to what I said earlier on, y'all have been making comparisons to the heights set by, you know, the original Arkham games, Spider-Man. To me, I'm not even trying to compare it to, the, to those. It's just thinking about WB Montreal. We have not seen a game from them in nine years, nearly ten and like this is what they had to show for it. And I know we're, it's like really dour and we're talking about it like it's a, a one out of five bad game just because we've been talking about opti optimization and performance and stuff. There are good things in here, but it's yes. still just like, it felt like a half measure of just like, man, I really wanted y'all to come out swinging for this one because but, you know even though I had my issues with Arkham Origins, there was something special in that game and I knew that they could do it on a, a next release and it, it just felt, I don't know, not what they needed to. The last thing I'll say, check the emails because they're pretty fun and no one tells you about <laughs> them and you might have seen a tweet back and forth between me, Greg, and Janet talking about emails. That's what we're talking about because you know, maybe check out those emails. Maybe they got good lore. I don't know. All right, well, you know, a lot of conversation there. Is it worth the wait? 30 frames per second, make or break. We're going to find out this week when the game releases to everyone worldwide, and we'll hear the criticism, the feedback, or the praise from all the fans out there. But we have gone long, so we got to cut really quick, and let me tell you all about our sponsors for this week's XCast. Shout out to Shopify, the way that we and Rooster Teeth have powered the Kind of Funny store for years, and we absolutely love it. You can get this shirt there right now. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted, so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. Shopify makes selling simple so you can put yourself and your ideas out there. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash KF Games to start selling online today. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash KF Games. Next up, shout out to Raycon. I'm excited to tell you all about their new Raycon gaming series. The gaming series consists of two staple gaming audio products, the wireless gaming earbuds that are compact, portable, and universal, or the wireless gaming headphones that are comfortable and immersive. The hypersync low latency technology lets you hear what you see lag-free. That's always great for games. Of course, because no gamer's just a gamer, Raycon's gaming series is just as perfect for music, podcasts, and crystal clear phone calls. Personally, I'm a huge fan of bumping these with a the haptic vibration. It's the extra type of way that I like to live. It keeps me extra immersed in all of the sound. As always, you get a 30-day Raycon happiness guarantee with free shipping and returns, no questions asked. They also offer buy now, pay later options. So stay on the winning team and go to buyraycon.com kinda today to get 15% off your Raycon order. You'll also get $20 off Raycon's gaming earbuds or $10 off their gaming headphones. That's buyraycon.com kinda to score 15% off and even more savings. Buyraycon.com slash kinda plus this october raycon's got some special pricing up to 20 dollars off don't miss out 
buyraycon.com slash kinda. All right, guys, let's get back right into it. We're going to jump into the news here. And personally, I need you to get your tinfoil hat on because speculation, Steve, has to come out. Gary Witter, this one is all about you, my friend. What? Because guess what? We're playing another round of Let's Play What's on Phil Spencer's Shelf. Oh, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Last <laughs> week, our friend Phil Spencer put up a post celebrating Fallout 20, uh, Fallout's 25th anniversary. Of course, keen-eyed gamers around the world noticed something different, something special that caught social media ablaze. That thing located at the top center of your screen, which looks very close to an Xbox Series S but a little different, where gamers jumped to the idea of it being the highly anticipated Project Keystone, a.k.a. that Xbox Cloud streaming device that we've all been waiting for. At first glance, the device looks to be a smaller Series S with a small IR blaster on the front of it. Turns out it was a prototype for Project Keystone, but one that has been shelved as the company has pivoted away from that iteration and moved on to something else for the future of cloud gaming. Of course, Gary Witter, we're seeing it live up on our screen. It's kind of small up there, but I know you've seen it on Twitter. I'll start off with you because you have been our cloud gaming dad. Would you be pleased with that on your shelf if this was the cloud gaming box? I mean, I think it's I think it's going to end up being something like that for sure. I mean, again, that just looks like a shrunk down um, Series exactly. S, and so it may not be exactly. My, my prediction was it would be like an Apple TV style, yes. like something like you know, mm -hmm. not much bigger than a, a deck of cards. And so far, everything that we've kind of speculated upon here on the X Cards has come to pass, right? The 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 Game Pass app built right, the cloud app built right into a Samsung TV. We predicted that. It seemed kind of like a no-brainer. That has come to pass. Uh, and this feels like the next logical step because baking it right into a TV is very, very smart. You know, yes. I talked before about, you know, you want to see those stickers along the bottom of the TV. And when you go to the store, you know, Netflix, you know, Disney Plus, Spotify, you know, Amazon, Xbox. Like, it, it just, it's just going to become normal to see that. It's not, it's not going to stay Samsung forever. Other TVs will have it. But in terms of getting new gamers into that ecosystem, that's something that can only happen whenever people go out and buy a new TV, which is something you only you know buy a new one every like what, five, ten years. Yeah. It depends on the person, but you're not buying a new TV. You can't just go, oh, let me go get a new TV because I want to get into that cloud Game Pass ecosystem. So offering a cheap, probably in the region of like 99 bucks, little hockey puck type box that you can... Uh, just looks like a little Roku or whatever. It may even be like a stick or a Chromecast-type yeah. dongle. The final, you know, form factor of it, you know, we'll, we'll see it soon enough. We will see it. There's no doubt in my mind that something is in, along mm -hmm. this uh, range is coming. It's just a question of what exactly it looks like. What are the price points? How are they going to make it work? I think I think we'll see that very very soon. My my guess, you know, time code it is 99 bucks. Little HDMI thing. Okay. Um, maybe there's a version of it that comes with a, a, like a starter kit that comes with an Xbox controller. Of course. Packaged in as well. Um, we're going to see it very soon. I think the fact that Phil's chosen to put this on the shelf is put that's, it on blast. That's, it's, it's kind of an omen of like, yeah, it's coming. We like, he, he, he knows we're not stupid. Everyone was going to come to this same <laughs> conclusion. It's, it, just, it, it's funny because it, they like they've been way more subtle before. Like this was a very clear like. Hey, look at the thing clearly on the top shelf. I mean, right I don't know. The, the fact middle. that it looks like a little miniature Series S tells me it could have been written off as like a little <laughs> promotional charge key or something. Yeah, yeah, Who knows? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, again, I don't think it will look like a little um, series. Again, my, my guess is like an Apple TV size, okay. just an HDMI thing. I think they will ship it with a controller. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think you'll see it in the early part of next year. Where For do me personally, I like this box. I oh, want yeah? something to showcase on my display mantle. I don't want the stick that's just behind the TV. I do want something to show a little bit of that Xbox love, show that off. So I, I actually really like this. And if this was what it is going to be, I love this idea. This is what I want. Greg, uh, I think, brought it up at some point. Of like, Yeah, he hates having like the Google Chromecast like kind of sticking out yeah. and up into mm -hmm. the side and stuff. So I, I, I like it. I think it's sleek. I think it's cute because it's just a little tiny baby little series. He says, look at it, it's so adorable. The the question I have for y'all, more speculation, where do they announce this? Oh, see, that's where I was going to kick it to our guy, speculation. Steve Paris, it's your turn now, because <laughs> Gary talked nothing but timing. And, of course, why put out a tweet? Why get this excitement right now? If it, we're not looming, right? We can't wait a whole nother year. I mean, year, is it, Paris, is there a chance that this is a holiday product? I mean, it seems like that would they would have to really move. All right, so before I answer that question, I want to circle back to one Mr. Phil Spencer oh. and point out the fact that he sat on the X-Cast set 
before we did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> when I when Greg showed me that video, I go, "You got to be freaking kidding me! He's already been here. Couldn't believe that." But to answer to answer the question, actually, I don't think it'll be this holiday. I think they announce this at CES because I think what happens is they'll be uh, they'll they'll announce this along with other TV uh, partnerships as well. So it'll be kind of be a combo of, hey, if you buy the latest LG or Samsung or whatever TV brand, the Xbox app is going to be built in moving forward. Um, but if you already have a TV, guess what? We got you covered. Like you said, Gary, 99 bucks. We're going to give you a controller, three months of Game Pass Ultimate. Here you go. Cloud gaming, here you go. You'll get your, your wife and anyone else that doesn't want a game. Now we're going to make it easy for you. There you go. Here, here it is. So I think CES makes a lot of sense. So far as the box itself is concerned, I don't think it necessarily needs to be tethered to an event. Microsoft can just put out a video and say, hey, here's, a new, here's a new thing. Yeah. But I mean, the, the CES argument makes sense in terms of if they were I to like announce that. new TV partnerships, yeah. right now it's exclusive to new Samsung TVs. If they say, hey, you know, LG, Vizio, you know, all the, you know, a bunch of, we're adding a bunch of new, uh, you know, manufacturer partnerships. Obviously, it would make sense to do that at CES, which is it's still the, the flagship event call. for like the broader, you know, consumer electronics mm -hmm. landscape. But in terms of just announcing like their dongle, their hockey puck, their whatever it is, they can they can do that any. That's a, that's big anyway. enough news that they, they don't need another a, 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 an, an event around that to get eyeballs yeah. on it. People are going to react to that. I like the Paris yeah. poll. No, please go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I like the pull of CES Paris. I think that's better than the Game Awards, right? I think you go to a larger market and you show off what this is, not to gamers. The gamers already know about this, right? I True. think you go for a right. different market here. Right, because that's the whole point of cloud gaming. We're already gaming, so we're buying hardware. It, it, it's not us. That's why I keep using the wife analogy. My wife isn't a big gamer. They're trying to get people like her into this, so you try to make it as easy as possible have it built into the TV or something that you're just simply plugging in to the TV and it becomes this plug and play experience, pick up the controller. Now you're playing all these games. Um, the, the other point I wanted to make on that, because I, I agree, I agree with what you guys are saying in that I don't think it'll be a simple plug in the back type of thing. It will be something that's a little bigger because when I was at Summer Game Fest and I got to test out the Samsung TV, um, it was mentioned that the, the reason it's on these newer model Samsung TVs is there is a little bit of extra processing power that is happening inside the television set that maybe legacy TVs won't have. So I think whatever this, this dongle is going to be, there is going to be some or set top box, whatever, there is going to be some type of processor in it to basically enhance the cloud gaming experience, maybe potentially help with reducing lag, things like that. So yeah, I don't think it'll be a, a teeny tiny thing. I think it will be something similar to what we saw on Phil Spencer's shelf, but it makes a lot of sense to have it because not everyone's going to go run out and buy a brand new TV. So you've got to have exactly. something that pe that's readily available and affordable for people to go pick up if you want to get them invested in cloud gaming. The Affordable. other really nice thing about having a, a cloud gaming solution in your living room hooked up to the TV is, as I know, as you know, I still have a little bit of um, nervousness anytime I'm doing cloud gaming based on the Wi-Fi connection, maybe it's spotty. At yep. least in your living room, I think there's a better and average chance you can actually plug an Ethernet cable yeah, into that yes, thing. Yes. And, yep. then, and then you're golden. Then you're, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a good... They always say, like, if you want to have a good experience, I'll always plug in a cable. There's absolutely 100% this box, whatever it is, is going to have an Ethernet port on yeah. the back so you yeah. can plug it in and get the best possible yeah. performance over the cloud. At least with, like, uh, my experience, because I haven't done any, like, cloud gaming uh, Xbox side, but with the PlayStation Plus, 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 Plus deal where you get to stream, like, PS3 games and stuff like that, I did test that out on the, uh, that and Ethernet in and stuff like that because I've never, I'm still not completely sold on cloud gaming, Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But, yeah, Ethernet in, it's like, Chef's gotta case. have it. there's barely any latency it's awesome mm -hmm. now moving on because we are running a little bit late we got to keep this tight we're gonna moving end on. with controllers right now we have a very special controller and more controller talk right now so gary Witta, you are a controller collector i did not know that was a thing but that combines many to. of my interests in yes. one yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, so bear tell us what you have here in your hands for the audio listeners so this is a persona 5 royal it's out this friday I believe on all platforms, which is insane to think about with Persona and Game Pass Persona 5 Royal. And uh, uh, yeah, our friends over at Atlas set us, uh, sent us this, uh, it seems to just be a, a 
sticker that they just like firmly mm. put onto. So it's not even really like. What's a, the Razer logo? Is this a Razer product? Yes. I believe so. Because it came yeah. with the uh, Razer charging. Yeah. Bottom. So it's got the charging port as oh, well. Oh, okay. Has the Persona uh, sticker. So uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, that is sweet. Yeah, I, I can check out a uh, more Persona Five Royal uh, on Xbox, which I have been playing uh, on Series S. Performs great. It's not like a super intense game. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing, my thing here, Mike, and yeah. this is just me. Because you got the, the weird D-pad with, like, yeah, in-betweens and stuff like uh -huh. that. I'm a weird JRPG boy where I like my D-pad separated to click oh, through menus okay, and stuff, okay. especially in Persona 5 Royal. So that's the only that's the my only gripe yep. with mm -hmm. uh, playing Persona on bad. Xbox. But outside of that, it's a great game. It's uh, on Game Pass, so you have no, like, reason to not check it out. 120-hour mm -hmm. uh, JRPG is maybe, like, uh, decide if that's worth I your time or not. I love it. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane. But, uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So check it out. It's one of my It's my favorite game of all time. So Barrett, it's one of mine. Barrett, I got a surprise for you. Have you been playing it, Paris? It is on my PC, and it oh, has yeah. been played. Wow! I'm, I'm very early into it because obviously yeah. we're in review season. There's a thousand other things right. that we have. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Hell I'm digging yeah, it. you and, are, and, I, and I'm, I'm yeah. seeing me investing some time into this. But to the point, I mean, and in full disclosure, Atlas sent over review code, so so I've had it for a few days, but. Um, it's on Game Pass, and the fact that this is the first time a Persona game is is on Xbox, go check it out. And it's on PC, is the Xbox app on PC as well, so you don't even have to play it on console if you want. You can check it out on PC. So definitely do yeah. that. And, and if you, if you I, have I, I will be Deck, checking in on my my progress. I don't know if it's cloud gaming as well through Game Pass. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but if you have Steam Deck, you could probably hook that up. It's also yeah on PC. It's not the most optimized on PC, I'll say. So there's. Other platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just so Switch glad it's on those that. other platforms. It's one of those yeah. games where, like, it's so good that you have to be like evangelical about yeah, it, and yeah. you just want as many people get to you just, play. Yeah, now. you want as many people to experience it as yeah, possible. Yeah. On my update for Game Pass, cloud, console, and PC wow, for all you Xbox you gamers, so there you get you it on everything. But let's talk controllers for just a little bit longer before we wrap up the show because the day is now here for all you Xbox fans that love the Xbox Elite controllers. You've said, Mike, Xcast Crew, Xbox, we want to customize it. The Design Lab is now live. You can now jump Woo! in and get yourself an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller with all the customization options that you would like. Going down the offerings, they have eight main color options to go along with, of course, the black rubberized grips. You have black, white, purple, pink, red, orange, green, and blue. They have customizable bumpers and triggers, D-pad, thumbsticks, face buttons, and a nice personalized text to say, hey, ka." You can't cook. Got and <laughs> the best part I want to give them major kudos on, of course, if you are an Xbox Elite controller gamer, you know that it makes the Elite controller, but of course, the carrying case, the back paddles, and the extra thumbsticks. If you go down deeper into it, you can customize all the accessories. Wow. And that mm -hmm. is my big positive there is I am impressed that you're allowed to customize the back paddles, which is nasty, and the carrying case, which is a very nice touch. So shout out to them. Gary Witta. Before I go on my rant, because I'm about to go on a rant here, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna let you give the positives here because I'm a little more critical than you here. Well, Gary. I was I was surprised to hear that you uh, were on the critical side of this, and I do want to hear what you, what your points are because I was actually pleasantly surprised. First of all, if you go back like and, and look at previous episodes of Xcast when we talked about this, how we would love to see the Elite Controller come to Design Lab. Maya, but it was like, I didn't think they would ever even do it. And then when they finally did it, I was like, oh, yeah, but it, the initial look was, like, oh, but the customization options are really limited. Now that I see it, it actually looks to me a little like they went, they went farther than mm. I, I, or essentially further than um, I, I thought they would. And I, a couple of people have been posting their creations. Janet Garcia, I think, posted one that was like this kind of orange and gold kind of it, it looked really badass well, man you yeah. can actually can you can you can create some really cool looks with this so i've actually been quite impressed with with the customization options and how good it looks especially get all the way down to the accessories in the, the case mm -hmm. i like it what don't you like about so it? i i will give them major props for the accessories going above and beyond for that and having that forethought very well done where i fall gary is once again we return to design labs and i felt like we took a step back right the color options, the pattern designs, right? When we had that first initial design lab, we had worked so much. We had grew with this team of different colorways, different patterns that aren't just the plain generic pattern or even just the camo that we see on the basic controllers 
today, right? And so when we relaunched Design Lab recently, it felt like we took a uh, step back. We hit the hard reset button and that's all well and good, but it felt like we took so much away from where we were, right? And so now I look at the Elite Controller and I know it is all well and good that we finally can have a purple Elite Controller, but man, oh man, the black rubberized grips take up so much space on that Elite Controller and having just eight very plain basic color options there just doesn't really feel like I'm putting my personality out there and customizing it to my fullest extent. Well, right? so... Oh, damning. It's when I was talking on previous episodes of the show about like, I kind of felt like if they were going to do it, it would have to be more limited. Yeah. So I had that already priced in a little bit. Like, I kind of mm -hmm. felt like it would... For some, I'm no manufacturing expert. I just, I just felt like the material's involved and it's a more high-end controller. I just feel like they're not going to be able to go like full-on design lab. It's going to be more limited than yeah. that. And so it has come to pass and so I just kind of feel like yeah that's kind of what I expected but it's still very cool again what did it for me was seeing the rubber hit the road and people posting some of their creations going actually that's a, yes. a really a really mm -hmm. good looking combo like I, I think it was the Janet Garcia one I was like mm -hmm. that looks sick yeah. and so you can create some good some 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 good combos and I again overall I think my my expectations have been met Okay. For what, for I like what that. I'm, I'm with Paris, I'm with yeah. Gary. I'm with okay. Gary on that. Okay. I'm I'm definitely more positive on, on it than you are, Mike. I, I don't know. You may have even seen mine. I did the basic Lake of color, Colors yes. again, trolling Ka. But if you saw Stella's along yeah, with Janet's design, yep. oh my god! Oh, maybe it, it was, it was, was maybe it was maybe it was, maybe it was Stella's that, that I saw because yeah. I, I think they both yeah. posted yeah. them. Yeah. What was nice. the one that was like the orange with the gold accents? That looked really good. We have an audience member right now. I'm really excited to see what he cooks up for the the elite controller. The nitro yeah. rifle, yeah, the yeah, nitro rifle yeah. himself. Well, I'm, I'm glad he's coming up because he said, and he can say it himself if he's walking up, but he said something on Twitter, which I actually kind of agree with about the grips and not being able to okay. customize those. Let me take off the rubberized grips, Paris. Not, yeah, only, exactly. not only because yeah, yeah. of color customization issues, but I've had two Elite 2 controllers. Uh -oh. One I just got back from service because it was still under warranty. But they bubble up, Mike. They're getting, like, you know, like bad window tint, Gary? I've had two Elite controllers now do that where suddenly. I don't a, know. There is something about the way you and Mike somehow like, managed to trash controllers. Shit? I don't know what no, it is no, about you guys. He's, he, no, Andy no. is good. Mike is the one who's terrible. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's maybe the the temperature in the wo the room or something like mm. uh, maybe there's something with the humidity You're but having I'm, too many heated gamer moments they, exactly but they, they it's all it's millennia and elden ring but the uh the bubbles start to form and i luckily just got my halo one back yeah. uh oh, from wow. service and that's the second one that I, I already had that issue with so going into it it's like i would love to customize this i don't love the black rubberized grips but is this going to be another problem that pro you know pops up again Thank you, Nitro Rifle. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually with Andy because I saw when he when he tweeted that, and I was like, you know what? He makes a really good point on that because when I think even further down the road about customization, like let's just say Starfield as an example, when that comes out, like as cool as that Halo Infinite Elite controller is, I would love to see one that truly takes advantage of of what, however you want to say it, the, the basic UI of, of what that game is going to be versus what you'll be able to do right now with, with the design lab and not being able to change what, what the uh, grips look like as well. So it's good. I, I would say for me, this is probably about 90% what I wanted it to be, but there is still some wiggle room for improvement down the road as far as design lab goes for, yeah. for elite controllers. And we know we'll get there, right? We've seen the team. Even yeah. right now, if you go to the standard edition, there are more colors right now. They have introduced a number of patterns, right? But it isn't where we were, right? And it, it does suck to take that step back. We are in a positive. We do now have the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller customizable, which is great, right? And a good price point. I'm not mad. I'm not bashing an eyelash at all about that price point and where it stands doing all that and stuff. But I might be falling into the camp of with the lack of color options, with the lack of just true fun patterns right now, I might just be more of a, you show me the Halo series elite controller, you show me the Starfield, the Redfall, maybe I'm more along in the lines of that, where they go mm. above and beyond, yeah. because right now I can't go above and beyond. You'll, you'll continue to see that. I mean, the Halo elite controller obviously has a level of specificity mm -hmm. to it that goes beyond what you can do in design yeah. lab. And for that's other right. like key that's releases. Like old, that's like the Xbox One yeah. Gears controller. Yeah. Right, so for, I think for like big like Xbox first party type releases like you know Starfield, you, you'll, you'll continue to see those those special edition controllers. Again, for this one, again, the, the, the color customization, oh. the, 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 the suckiest thing about the Elite controller as it stands is you are stuck with like that basic 
black and uh, yeah, it's now the, the white one. Yeah, that's I mean, that's it, it's sick. It looks really, really... I mean, it, it actually looks even better in person. The metallic yeah. tint on it looks really, really good. Here's one I'll challenge the team for, and we can all think about this, or the Xbox, of course, design team and product team can let us know about this, is now that we've put out the basic Xbox Elite controller that doesn't come with all the fixings, right? But they also sell now the accessory pack. I would love to just be able to customize my accessories, right? Mm. I would like to get a bag customized with a specific color. I'd like to change up the back paddles for my thing and not have to do the full controller. Right? That's and not I a bad idea. So, like, custom, so you've got small, an existing like Elite that. controller. You, yeah. you don't want to have to buy a whole new one, but you yeah. could, given that it already has, like, hot swappable parts, exactly. you could get just, like, an accessory kit and trick it out just a little bit. I, I'd like to see that because I know there's a number of people who have the controller, like all of us already do, and maybe they say, hey, I don't find the colors that I want, or... Maybe I don't even want to buy a whole nother controller, right? That's a lot of money. Could we just customize the accessories and get a small little pack? No, that's. Of the I mean, I think I about like, it right now. I like, like I mean, you, I mean, you could do you could do it right now on their on their on their app. But like, if you think about even just like the basic black controller, it's an mm. elite controller, but it looks boring because right? it's black, right. and mm -hmm. we're, we expect like custom controllers now. But even if you just swapped out the paddles and the thumbsticks and the and the D-pad for like you know like that kind of like that burnished gold accent or whatever, that's going right. to make it pop, right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you've only had to. Swap out the parts. Yeah, I love the accents. My last question for you, Mike, on this topic. You're talking about patterns. What are available? What's available right now for so patterns? Right now on the uh, so on the Xbox Elite patterns, there is no patterns. It's just a it's standard just, color, yeah, it's just right? Okay. But if you talk about the Xbox Basic controller right now, oh, the yeah, patterns are going to fall them. into the camos, yeah. and they have a beautiful LGBTQ plus controller that you can dip, but you can't yes. customize that. that at all. So that's my argument here. That's why Mike's upset. He can't make his uh, controller camo. Yep. End of story. We've, you know, so, we've solved it. I want. You got to have those <laughs> Dynasty controllers. I love that. And so. That is where we're going to end the show, of course. Send us your cool designs over on social media. Let us know. Is 30 frames make or break for you on Gotham Knights? Is this worth the wait? Are you and your friends excited to jump back into Gotham with a brand new Bat family? And most importantly, welcome to the brand new Kind of Funny X-Cast. You had the full team here today. We're all in the studio. We got a brand new set. We got Barrett always running the ones and twos. My two gaming dads are with us. And we got all of you riding alongside for many more episodes. So thank you so much for tuning in to another Kind of Funny X-Cast. We'll catch you next week. Gamers! Eggs! I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs>